1: Wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hello comrades, I'm Roberto. And I'm Brendan, and together we're the hosts of Czar Power. Our friends from the censorship bureau have asked us to investigate the Queen's podcast due to their infractions on using curse words on their show. If you don't like cursing, then disclaimer, this show isn't for you. Roberto, begin the investigation. Hello,
2: friends.
0: Yes. We're investigating. Oh, you're paying the fine. This fine will ensure that we write a fantastic report that says you, in fact, do not swear on your show to the Bureau. Okay, Brendan, I have finished our investigation and the Queen's Podcast has no infractions. May you tell their audience about us? If you like the Queen's Podcast, you may like Czar Power where we rank the Russian rulers from Rurik to Putin. The only lady we've covered so far is Olga of Kyiv, and as of now, she is the leading favorite. So check us out. Sar is spelled T-S-A-R. But beware, if you hear a knock on the door, the KGB may make your stay a bit more permanent.
2: Hi, this is Katie.
3: And this is Nathan.
2: And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Nathan.
3: Katie. That was Ooh. not, that was not how I sing. Sorry, hello, guys.
2: hello, sir. That was beautiful. Uh, yeah, Nathan, we are heading back to Mother Russia with this episode.
3: I am so excited about this one.
2: I, yeah, this was a lot of fun. So, Nathan, tell us who we're talking about today.
3: So, today we are talking about Matilda Shasinska.
2: Yes, she was a Russian prima ballerina, a socialite, and a mistress of the last czar of Russia.
3: Yes.
2: Nathan, tell tell the listeners about this cocktail. Heads up. If you're a Patreon supporter, you already have the recipe. But for the rest of us, what 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 is this?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it is called the Sugar Plum Fairy. It is a Nathan original. Um so what I did is I took Two plums, chopped them up, put them in two cups of water with about a tablespoon or a teaspoon and a half of stevia. I boiled that for about 30 minutes and then strained it. So then, what that created for me was a simple, a plum simple syrup. So then, from there, I took an ounce of that, two ounces of brandy three quarters of an ounce of Cointreau, and then half an ounce of lemon juice. So you get a little bit of everything. You get the smoky flavor from the brandy. You get the sweet from the orange liqueur and from the plum. And then you get that little bit of acid and bitterness from the lemon. It is probably one of my favorite drinks.
2: So I am extending my dry January by a week because I cheated in January. Um, So I'm, again, not drinking today, but I i am really jealous that you because this sounds amazing so will you promise me whenever i finish this extra week of dry january you'll make it for me again
3: absolutely
2: i love it okay so before we get started as usual we have our patreon shout out Uh, so first off thank you to our patreon supporters eden lizzie jasper carla alex and maya
3: also, shout out to Erica, Corina, Jessica, Alyssa, Emily, and a happy 18th birthday to listener Hannah. Shame on you for listening to this. You're a pre-18. <laughs> yeah,
2: but now that she's legal. Now that she's yeah, legal, yeah. yeah happy we're fucking good. birthday, Hannah. <laughs> 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 and obviously, thank you to all of our listeners and all of our supporters and everybody. And I hope y'all enjoy this episode. Okay. Nathan, tell us about the early years of our next queen so
3: matilda felix sonova okay guys
2: <laughs> we're gonna I try with, gonna... These russians, <laughs> with these russians these russian <laughs> just, names just okay? a
3: disclaimer they make it harder and harder the more and more i get intoxicated <laughs> um so matilda felix sonovina shazinska Yes, I got it. Uh, Was born August 31st, 1872 in St. Petersburg, Russia.
2: Before we can really understand Matilda Szczyska, we do need to learn a little bit about the backstory of her family, because her dad is actually Polish. He was born in Warsaw, Poland. Uh, His name is Felix. That's why her middle name or, you know, in Russia, Mm -hmm. they have that tradition where your father's name becomes one of your names. So his name is Felix. That's the Felix Sinovna of it all. <laughs> he was from a huge dance family in Poland. So that he was kind of a big deal in Poland and his family as well.
3: And when her dad was a young man, he was invited to come dance in the Imperial Dance Company in Russia, which, I mean, he jumped right on that. He just jumped right uh, on.
2: Just like he leapt. What is that ballerina leap? He did one of those. A grand jeté. He did a grand jeté into (laughs) St. Petersburg.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So when he got to Russia, he met a retired ballerina named Julia, and they ended up having four children together, and their youngest was Matilda. Yeah.
2: Matilda would have been really connected to her Polish roots. I think I even read that um, she was actually raised Roman Catholic, whereas most people in Russia are Russian Orthodoxy, um, because Poland is apparently a really catholic nation still to this day her dad was a bit of a hometown hero so he brought his kids back to warsaw pretty pretty regularly to kind of give them a taste of how he grew up and it seems by all accounts i know a lot of times on this show we talk about poor little rich girls that are neglected or have asshole dads or absentee moms that is not the case here it seems like a pretty pretty happy childhood
3: yeah, she grew up around dancers and actors and was constantly in theater. And when she was eight years old, she herself entered the Imperial Theater School, which super bougie. Mm-hmm. And so for the next 10 years, school and dance were her life. And all we know about her is basically that during yeah. that time. So
2: <laughs> yeah, from eight to 18, all we know is that is that she danced, 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 and she danced, danced, danced.
3: Yeah, and something to really note here, though, is that dance and ballet is a big fucking deal in Russia. Like, Tchaikovsky. Ever heard of him? Um, You know, all of that is very... Balanchine. All of that is very inspired by Russian ballet. Yeah. So if you're a dancer and you're in middle or high society, it's a big, big deal.
2: Yeah. Like, ballet was, I don't know, invented in, like, France and Italy, but... In the 18th century, Russia just kind of went, and we're taking that, that is ours now. So even though it was like, started in France, ballet sounds like a French word, by this time in history, Russia was where you wanted to be if you wanted a career in dance, really. So now let's uh, let's fast forward about 10 years since nothing really happens. Uh, the year is 1890, Matilda's 18. And she's graduating from the Imperial Theater, and their graduation night was, like, this whole fucking to-do. For graduation each year, they would put on this show, and the royal family attended it. Can you imagine how, like, how stressful that would be? Like, your graduation is in front of the fucking emperor and empress and their family yeah
3: don't trip and fall please that would that would be very very ooh. Ooh. that's a that's a that's a term that is a term
2: yes yes (laughs) if you're not a thespian you don't get it uh but yeah this was also the way that they were like introduced in to russian society to the nobility because you know Nobility, high society, and theater and ballet specifically was very connected.
3: Yeah, and after the performance, Matilda and the other in the graduating class were invited to come have dinner with the imperial family.
2: M-B-D. And
3: yeah, right. And the czar guy named Alexander III, the Third, thought Matilda was just the best, the
2: bee's knees.
3: Yeah, he told her that night of her graduation that she would be the glory and adornment of the Russian ballet. Okay. Yeah, Hell. Right.
2: Fuck, <laughs> talk about a confidence boost, I mean, right? Right. <laughs> and so then he's like, I want you to meet somebody. And the Tsar, which if you're if this is your first episode that you've been listening to for um that takes place in Russia. Tsar means king. It's yes. it yeah, it's the like it comes from Caesar. Anyway, the czar is like, I need you to meet my son Nicholas. So he's arranging like a meet cute because he's thinking, if my son, his son Nicholas is very shy, he's thinking maybe if he gets some ballerina business, he'll come oh, out of his shell a little bit. Is
3: that what we're calling ballerina it now?
2: business. Yes. Does she
3: does she grand plie on his eggplant. Oh. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I had to. I had to. There may be a couple of other ballet references. That's why we love you. (laughs) Yeah, so Matilda was 18, and Tsar Nicholas was 22, so that's not a super weird age gap. And they start crushing on each
2: other immediately.
3: Yeah, they hit it off right away. And though there was no, like, sexy time for quite a while, over the next few months, there was a lot of flirtation.
2: Matilda wrote in her memoir about how that summer the Imperial family would come to see just every performance at the marinsky ballet company which is where she immediately got a job out of college also it was like that was the best case scenario where she the Morinsky ballet company is where everybody wanted to go work imperial family is there like every weekend basically, and she wrote in her memoir that she would peek out behind the curtain, she'd see Nicholas and get all flustered and get butterflies in her stomach, and then Nicholas would see her and start blushing. It's all very-
3: Oh, young love.
2: Yes, it's very, very cute.
3: A uh, quick recap about Tsarevich Nicholas. We've met him before on our Alexandra Fyodorovna episode, but he wasn't that young just yet. Yeah. Nicholas is the son and heir to Alexander, but
2: he's really not that
3: fit to be heir. Yeah. So not a good <sighs> fit.
2: If you haven't listened to it in a while, maybe go back and listen to our Alexandra Fyodorovna episode after this. But spoiler alert, he, yeah, mm. Beansar wasn't great for him. He is sweet, he is shy. His dad, at one point, says of him, like, he has the heart and soul of a poet, not a king.
3: Ooh. Ooh. That's kind of a burn.
2: I know. So at this point, yeah, he's meek, he's shy, he doesn't have any experience with the ladies, so he's almost certainly a virgin. We seriously doubt Matilda had any boyfriends before this either, so they're both inexperienced and puppy love, and also he is handsome and sweet and adorable and matilda's just a little smitten kitten
3: oh i love this meow Mm -hmm. Uh, so there was one really cute story from her memoir where after a performance nikki came to chat with her so then after that she needed to go get changed so she was kind of running back to her dressing room and then smack she ran into the emperor who then laughed and was like hey you're blushing have you been flirting with my son again and then he winks at her so <laughs> oh so adorable
2: they are precious um nicholas has journal entries from this time too in which he calls her the code name little k which i love
3: okay yeah not to be confused with special k
2: those are different no different are very different terms whole different thing Um, But he would write in his journal, like, like, it seems like his journal entries weren't super, super uh, detailed. So it'd just be like, July 30th, gossiped with little K. August 1st, had lunch with little K, said goodbye to little K.
3: So very generic.
2: But still, I mean, he does mention her.
3: So then one day, after like a year, Matilda's at home. And at this point, she's living with her parents, sharing a room with her sister. And then one night, her parents are like, um. Hey, the Tsarevich uh, is here.
1: The um here? <laughs> like, can you meet us.
3: <laughs> So the heir to the throne of Russia is just sitting in her parents' living room and just sipping the tea and just talking shit with like, her. Like, what did they
2: do? Did like the family sit down and like play like card games and drink tea with the Tsarevich? Like, <laughs>
3: <laughs> just... <laughs> I know, that would have been awkward. So, the rain in Spain, does it yeah. fall mainly on the uh, Like
2: <laughs> And so, you're going to be king, right? Yeah, I, it just seems so bizarre. And again, from her memoirs, uh, which you can find, her memoir is published in full for free online. So, if you want like some nitty-gritty details about all this stuff, I'll link it in the show notes. But it sounds like Nikki as she calls him was just the absolute perfect little gentleman like he was so sweet to her parents he would bring her flowers he wrote her love letters he'd bring her parents gifts like it's very it's very cute isn't it
3: it is and now matilda knew that if they ever did have a relationship quote unquote it wouldn't be a relationship that ended in marriage. Right. You know, she was young. She's full of dreams, but she's not stupid mm. because there's a lot of different ballerinas in her company and they're all having affairs with men of nobility. So they're usually with grand dukes and princes. And none of those relationships ever really ended in marriage. So Matilda would have been very, very aware of that reality.
2: I mean, she knows that he's the heir to the throne. And Russia at the time, there was actually a rule in the royal family that if you didn't marry somebody from the nobility, like somebody that was a duke or higher, basically, his kid... Your kids couldn't inherit the throne. So there was no. no chance that she was ever gonna marry the prince. But finally, one day, Nicholas was like, Okay, your family is great. This has gone on for a while. I think everybody trusts me, but I want to hang out with you alone. Ooh, chicken. <laughs> so he buys her a villa for her to move into.
3: Okay, where can I sign? I mean, Mm. Nicholas is a hottie patati, and you're going to buy me a villa and take me to Town? Sign me up.
2: We talked about this a lot in the Alexander Fedorovna episode, because there's a lot of pictures of him. He was super cute.
3: Yeah, like he's a stunner.
2: Not a great king, but a very handsome man. Yes. But yeah, so he buys her a villa, and yeah, they finally get some alone time, and ladies and gentlemen, get ready for business, or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're open for business there we go yeah and by
3: open for business we mean her legs were open for business yes um, and, and the business I was
2: his dick
3: girl <laughs> so dad felix hated this he told her look he's not gonna marry you you know that right and she was like duh but i don't care she's 19 she's never been in a relationship she's naive and up her Wrench just bought her a villa, honey. A villa. So she's moving into her little love pad and Papa don't preach, keeping the villa.
2: <laughs> Made up my mind and I'm keeping my villa. Yes. <laughs> so so while well, she's got little heart emojis in her eyes, I think that's a good time to take a real quick break. Top off our drinks, and then we'll come back and spill the rest of this royal tea. (laughs) Yes.
0: Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here.
1: And I'm Gabby.
0: And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.
1: Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask them all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? Well, we hear you, and we have been there too. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. Who are we? Now live on all podcast platforms.
3: And we're back. We're back, darling. Yes. And now little Kay and Nikki can finally have some alone time to do some plies on that eggplant.
2: Yes, grand plies.
3: Grand plies.
2: (laughs) Something else we should mention is that during this time, Matilda did a decent amount of social climbing. People were gossiping, and gossiping got people's seats in the theater, in the ballet, and they wanted to see the Sarovitch's mistress. Because of this, she was getting more and more roles. But she was very talented, too. People loved to see her dance. But also the fact that she was fucking the air had... (sighs) <laughs> it's draw too so she was rubbing shoulders with the right people and getting ri re- like her career was really taking off too
3: yeah i'm loving this form of entertainment much more than the medieval form of entertainment of going to public executions you actually yeah, went to the ballet we to, to see the, the, no mistress one died. Of the king. unless yes, something went was- really bad <laughs> <laughs>
2: nine times out of ten no one died at the russian ballet uh, probably a little more than nine times
3: 10 <laughs> than a uh, so for two years little k just lived her little dream and from all accounts it appears her little prince was just head over heels in love with her and she was in love with him and they had a pretty open affair for like the next two years yeah then in
2: 1893 Three years after first meeting and first, like, crushing and everything, Nicholas mentions to her, like... Hey, I'm going to this wedding in London for a cousin's wedding. And while I'm there, I'm going to see my cousin Alice. And I'm probably going to have to propose to her while I'm there. And he made it sound like, oh, you know, it's just this dynastic marriage. It's something I have to do. Well, he, he very much played down the importance of this relationship to him to... little k or at least that's the way she's reported it in her memoirs
3: which we think was probably just a nice lie to her um every other thing you read about nicholas and his eventual wife alexandra is that he was head over heels in love with her from Mm. the moment he met her when
2: they were kids
3: yeah years before he'd ever proposed his journals say he's in love with his cousin alexandra or Alice is what sometimes she was called all his friends and family say he's always been in love with her but literally what is he supposed to do with his mistress what is he supposed to tell her like you know he's not exactly the experienced guy in relationships so he's just trying to play it cool
2: Matilda went into a bit of a panic realizing that the end of their relationship was probably coming she always knew that you know they couldn't get married but she probably hoped to have a few more years. They were still pretty young. After this, Nicholas slowly started to distance himself for her. That just broke her poor little K heart.
3: Yeah. And finally, in 1894, three years after their affair began, Nikki's engagement was announced to Alexandra. And after that, that's when there was no more sleeping with Matilda ever again.
2: No more grand plies on the eggplant.
3: Nope. nope no more grand please
2: nope I mean we can't be super mad at that Nicholas came to her house he didn't ghost her he came to her house and like explained to her like hey I don't want to start a marriage being unfaithful I intend to be a faithful husband I don't intend to keep a mistress and I want to be fair to you but I want to be fair to her so this is over which like I, I can't be mad respect. at that. Can you be mad at that? The I respect.
3: Sex. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. A lot of rich men back then would have kept their their side of ballerina, you know, their little uh uh-huh. little piece on the side and married the princess, but he was he's not a bad guy, just a bad king. <laughs>
3: There you go. But Katie, Katie, wait a second. Did mm-hmm. she get to keep the villa?
2: She's keeping the villa.
3: Ooh. ooh, ooh she's gonna keep the villa. Ooh. And who's gonna pay the bills? Nicholas.
2: So, I mean, she's brokenhearted, but she's got a house she's not paying for for the rest of her life. So
3: Right. After this, things started happening pretty quickly in Russian nobility. The old czar died. Nicholas was then moved up to be the new czar, then he was married.
2: Right, it happened like bam, 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 like the engagement, the death, the coronation, like it just really happened really quick. Because of the engagement and the marriage, a lot of people were celebrating in the country. I mean, they were were also mourning because the one czar died, but they got like, they got like mourning breaks (laughs) to celebrate the marriage. (laughs) It's in all the papers and it's all everyone is talking about. And can you imagine going through a breakup where you're like legitimately broken hearted and you have to see your ex smiling with his new boo on a front page of every single newspaper for months?
3: Yeah, that would that would be quite the sting.
2: That would be rough. I do not envy her. Envy her here even though she does have a villa that a prince is paying for or czar now is paying for and all of her co-workers at the ballet knew that she had been dumped and the man that she loved was now marrying someone else so everyone was kind of like looking at her with pity which I would hate oh could you imagine like just knowing that when you leave the room everyone's talking about you
3: oh I hate that yeah so Nikki asked his cousin Grand Duke Sergei to check in on Matilda from time to time so she and Sergey already knew each other from all the parties and dinners over the last three years, and they had always been friends. So this was a really nice gesture, except that Sergey immediately fell head over heels in love with Matilda.
2: I mean, it sounds like everybody's fallen in love with her. I mean, she's beautiful. She Let's, is beautiful. Oh my God. We'll post plenty of pictures of her on our socials, uh, especially follow us on Instagram if you want to see some, because... She's gorgeous. Yeah. Matilda did not love Sergey back. She was probably pretty fucked up emotionally. I mean, going through your first breakup when you're still, like, in love with the person, she probably needed therapy, you know? Like, yeah. Sergey was very sweet. And he kind of looked like Nicholas. And they were her first cousins. What she viewed as the most important thing, though, like, she went into, like, I need to focus on my career... Being with him was gonna keep her moving in the right circles for her to career career to move forward. And she didn't dislike Sergey, like you said. They were friends. Mm-hmm. She was like, "I like him enough. Maybe it'll grow to love. It's gonna keep my career moving forward." Then they did. So they did start a physical relationship pretty soon, which was probably way sooner than she was emotionally ready for. But here we are.
3: So let's meet this new boyfriend, shall we? Yes. Grand Duke Sergei Mikhailovich was a first cousin once removed of Tsar Nicholas. So Sergei would have been about 25 and Matilda was about 22. So nice. Yeah. Uh, He was raised by a very wealthy but horribly unaffectionate family.
2: His parents did not like him. His parents enrolled him in the military at two weeks old.
3: Excuse me, what?
2: Two weeks old babies don't need guns. Babies don't need jobs. (laughs) Babies don't need guns. Babies don't need military ranks. Babies don't need any of these things. (laughs) But somehow, even though he was emotionally neglected as a child, he did grow up to be a pretty sweet guy. He was thirsty for love. And so I think Matilda was probably thirsty for love too. Like it just kind of... It worked.
3: Yeah. Also, he was very good looking. Mm-hmm. Blonde, blue eyes, six foot three, very good shape. Look, what we're getting at is that Matilda could have done a whole lot yeah. worse with this rebound yeah. guy. Like, <laughs> way worse. We've seen, like, a 22-year-old marrying a 50-something-year-old. Mm-hmm. So we are very happy about doing this. Doing fine. So something else she probably really liked about Sergey was he was the president of the Imperial Theater Society. How <laughs> convenient! Gave a lot of funding to theaters, ballets, operas all throughout Russia. So Mm -hmm. Matilda's career, which had always been promising, really took off after the relationship with Sergei started.
2: Also, like, yeah, she danced the ballet, but like when her career was still at this point, she was a lot of times a background dancer in the operas as well. So he got her more and more parts. So she just got more and more exposure. The year after they started dating, Matilda was awarded the title of Prima Ballerina. Oh, yes. Yes. That is really as a dancer. I mean, it's like the highest you can shoot for, right?
3: Yeah, it is. I mean, the same thing goes for an opera. Like you yeah. have the prima donna, who's the,
2: the Oh, is that what lead, that means?
3: Yeah, the, the lead, lead singer. female oh. singer. Yeah. So whenever you're the prima, it's the first, the lead. Essentially,
2: this was fucking huge. So she is at the top of her game. However, not everyone thought that she should have this title.
3: Yeah, not that she wasn't good, right? Not at all. She was a great dancer. She was uh, the first ballet dancer to really make the famous move in Swan Lake, which they actually still use to this mm-hmm. day. She did thirty-two fouettés. In a row, which if you're not a dancer, that's whenever they do the spins with like one of their legs out. And they yeah, just keep spinning. And it's spinning the pirouette. And spinning, spinning, and spinning, spinning. Over, and spinning and over, and spinning. And over, and over. Yeah, uh, talk about getting dizzy. Don't be hungover while doing that.
2: Um, <laughs> I couldn't do it stone cold sober, Nathan. Like, I know, right? <laughs> I've googled it. Yeah, because like you said, it's still a part of Swan Lake where they do the thirty two fouettés, which means to whip in French. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's still a part of it. So it's easy to find people doing it on YouTube. It made me dizzy just watching it. Like, that yeah, is a lot of, that's a lot of, that's a lot of spinning.
3: And for her being the first one to yes. do it back in the day, people in the theater were like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck did she just did do? What the fuck did she just
2: <laughs> do? Like, honestly, it was a huge deal. And yeah, hashtag first, so. What we're getting at is she was a good dancer, but, right. but a lot of people thought she got this appointment because of her connections with the royal family, which might be a fair assumption. Yeah, it is. She was not afraid to call in favors with the royal family when she needed to. So, I mean, yeah, it's probably a mix of talent and connections. But isn't that most people in show business?
3: Yes, it is. I
1: mean,
2: (laughs) (laughs) but now she had name recognition. And so the theaters were people were really lining up to see the scandalous royal mistress who has been with the czar who has been with this grand duke head of the military dude and on top of it she can make you dizzy with all the spinning in a good way so yeah yes Yes.
3: She had an amazing career. She danced in all sorts of famous ballets. She even went back to Poland and danced with her dad for a How while. How cool
2: is that? Because her and her dad were very, very close. She wrote in her memoirs. She was like, which I thought this was kind of rude. She was like, you know, since I'm his favorite daughter, this was really special for him.
3: Oh, my Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> So she even got to travel to London, Paris, Denmark, all over the place. She got to dance for all kinds of important people when they came through Russia. So we're talking kings, queens, dukes, prime ministers, presidents, you name it.
2: Yeah. When people came to Russia on diplomatic meetings, it was like, yeah, and now we're going to take you to the ballet to see the famous little K, though I guess no one was calling her that anymore. She was rising to fame in her own right, but she was still a bit obsessed with Nikki. Every time she'd see him, she'd go home and write in her journal about like, he nodded at me. He still thinks about me. And like, maybe he did. Maybe to me, it read as someone who's just kind of still not past it, which made me a little sad for her. For sure. Like, I think maybe the relationship meant a lot more to her than it did to him.
3: Yeah. But maybe
2: I'm wrong. Maybe he did, like, nod at her in, like, a certain way that, like, was, she knew meant something more than a nod. I don't know. I don't know. Things were so rigid in, like, Imperial Russia that, like, maybe we're not getting the significance of that, you know? I
3: think, I think things are still pretty rigid in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> you,
2: you, you not wrong.
3: So let's fast forward to the turn of the century.
2: Oh. Z- Z- Z-
3: it's 1900, and Matilda has been dancing professionally for 10 years now, and she decided, you know what, I need to celebrate my career. Yes. So she wanted a benefit show. I love
2: this. <laughs> this is so extra it. because, like, what benefit shows usually were were to signify someone signify someone's retirement. So. A dancer would perform all their famous pieces. It was like a celebration of their career. Everybody would come. They would get flowers and gifts from the imperial family. And then afterwards, they'd have a big party in that dancer's name. And then the dancer would retire.
3: So Matilda went to the board and was like, you know, I want to celebrate my 10 years by having this benefit and they're like omg honey baby girl are you retiring and she's like uh,
2: nope. no no what made you think that i, I just want, want a party i just want flowers <laughs> like I, I want gifts from the imperial family no.
3: <laughs> so she was told no so she ended up speaking to their manager aka her boyfriend the,
2: the and, guy that she was sleeping with
3: <laughs> yeah long story short she ended up getting her 10-year benefit show without having to retire.
2: I fucking love that. It was a huge party. She received 93 bouquets of roses. 93 bouquets.
3: Uh, very precise.
2: And like I said, at these benefit shows, they would get a gift from the Imperial family. And so Sergei gave her this brooch. And she was like, this is from Nikki and Alexandra. And the Empress told me she picked it out herself and wanted me to give it to you and send her best regards. And so like I kind of wonder if Sergei made that up.
3: Oh, just to kinda make it seem even over. more
2: special. Because like unless Alexandra didn't know about Nicholas's relationship with her, why would he why would she be buying Matilda a brooch hand picked out herself, you know?
3: Yeah, no, that does make sense. Hmm. Anyway, that's anyway. speculation.
2: <laughs>
3: a few nights later, she held a small dinner party at her home to celebrate. So she writes in her memoir, This is the night that changed my life, which is very Hello. Nathan to say. Yeah, very dramatic. <laughs> um, so Sergey invited a few of his cousins that Matilda had met before. And now, hold on to your butts, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Grand Duke Andre has entered the chat.
2: From the moment. Matilda saw Grand Duke Andre Vladimorovic, she was like, who the fuck is that fine piece of ass? (laughs) So let's meet Andre. Grand Duke Andre, another one of the Tsar's first cousins, is seven years younger than Matilda. So that's a change. These, the I other know. guys have been older than her. Not by much.
3: I love this. I love yeah. this. She's just moving through this family like it's nobody's business. And right. I love it. Right. Turning the page. Next.
2: Next. Yes. <laughs> like, what grand duke can I get in my bed next? Love it. Andre was the youngest of four boys. And he was a mama's boy. His mother is his best friend. Nathan, I actually think we should cover his mom on Patreon.
3: Think that would be Ooh, fun. that would be a good one yeah
2: yeah yeah.
3: So unlike Sergey, Andre was raised in a very affectionate household. obviously he's a mama's boy yeah so parents very loving, family, very tight-knit but unlike his cousin Sergey and Nicholas, Andre kind of didn't care about any of his royal duties. like Nicholas cared about him and he just wasn't good at it yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> Andre just didn't give up food yeah um so he didn't want to be in the military he didn't care about meeting with diplomats he's just not into politics he likes art he likes wine he likes chilling which hard saying hey
2: yeah he is the youngest son of a youngest son or something like that he's like i'm never gonna be czar why don't i just do the things i like and one of the things he liked was Matilda, and Ooh. Matilda liked him very much as well. And it wasn't long before the two of them were sleeping together.
3: Oh, okay. So she broke up with Sergey.
2: Hard nope. Hard. Oh. Nope. She I continued. Love this. Yes. <laughs> she continued to see Sergey, who was very, very protective of her, and was still like paying all her bills and everything. And she started a relationship with Andre. And this went on for 17 years. What? <laughs> she was a mistress to both of these, these first cousins, who were both Grand Dukes in the Imperial family. Both of the cousins knew about the affair. It made family reunions very awkward, but they made it work.
3: <laughs> oh, gosh. So in 1902, at the age of 30... Matilda has a baby boy, and the father was. <laughs> Where's Moripovich when you need him?
2: <laughs>
3: you are not the father.
2: Uh, <laughs> her son, named her son Vladimir, and that's Andre's father's name. It was almost certainly actually Andre's son, but we yeah we just didn't have any real way of knowing. But Sergei was officially she was only Sergei's mistress, like even though the whole family knew about the. Sleeping with both of the Grand Dukes, it wasn't, like, an open thing. So, Sergei was like, I know it's probably not my son, but I love you, and I want to be a dad, and I think I'd be a good dad, and I'm going to support this child, and I'm going to continue to support you. And what is she going to say? No. You know, like. right. Because it would have been a huge scandal if Matilda had been, like, to the world. Like, actually, I have also been sleeping with the Tsar's other cousin, you know?
3: So they called the little boy Vova, not to be confused with Volva. Nope. Um, Whole So, they called... <laughs> so they, they called the little boy Vova, and Matilda was so in love with them. Yeah. About six months after Vova's birth, she went back to work. But honestly, at this point, her star's starting to fade a little bit. They're new dancers. And I mean, in modern day terms, dancers' careers don't last that long at yeah. all. Yeah. You're lucky to make it 10 years because of just the sheer well,
2: you put your brutality
3: body that you take on your yes. body. Yes. yes. Your knees are screwed. Your ankles are screwed. Everything hurts. So yes. it makes sense. I mean, it sucks, but after 13 years of being on the stage, right. it's Probably about time that Matilda's star starts to fade. So somebody else can move up, right?
2: Yeah. And if you're interested in like the politics of the dance theater, the company and everything, she does go into it in more detail in her memoir. At first, at first, Matilda did not go gracefully. So there's a story about how there was this new dancer who was like the new it girl who would later go on to be the prima ballerina. And her name is Olga Olga Priobrojinska. Nailed it. And so she <laughs> was performing in this dance that Matilda thought she should have been cast in. Matilda was like, this is my part. This is bullshit. That Olga got it. At a different scene in the show, there were uh, chickens. And... Mm-hmm. While Olga is performing, like, the ending number of this play, Matilda goes and lets all the fucking chickens out of the coop. Live theater.
3: Oh, my gosh.
2: (laughs) Olga is, like, doing her performance, and all these chickens run on stage. I guess Matilda thought that Olga would just, like, die of embarrassment. And Olga just kept dancing. She just kept, and the crowd, yes. the crowd loved it. They were like, oh, good for her. Good for her. Oh, she could dance through anything. So it kind of backfired on Matilda. It was Yeah, moral of the chaos. story,
3: don't be a dick.
2: Yeah, moral of the story, <laughs> don't be an asshole. <laughs> so
3: sadly, the next year, her dad Felix died, which absolutely devastated her as the favorite daughter of the family. <laughs> um, she and her dad had a really close relationship, so it was pretty rough on her. Yeah. She needed a break at this point. You know, when something like that happens, you just need to call it a day for just a little bit of time to take some time off for yourself. So at this point, she starts performing less and less.
2: Yeah, maybe the the theater, maybe like dancing just made her think about her dad and like She needed time to grieve. Yeah. Let's do some major fast forwarding here because a lot of history happens and we don't have long enough to go into each one of these historic events. So we're just going to give you the high points of the next 10 years. Because it was not great for the Russian royal family and nobility. Nope. So there was the Russian-Japanese war, which was bad. Bad. There was Bloody Sunday, a peasant's peaceful protest that ended up with 200 unarmed people kilt so that was also bad <laughs> and then russia enters world war one and it went bad and they had to leave world <laughs> war one and it was bad like it, it, <laughs> it was just bad. it was a bad time <laughs> but the next 10 years were just that just everything went wrong for nicholas everything the royal family was doing and it just was it was just buy-in.
3: yeah because like the everyday person is just like pissed off at all of this situation that's going yeah. on and you can literally feel it in the air because yeah. things are changing in russia the nobility is being viewed with more and more disdain because people are like oh you want to send our children off to die in wars that well, we're not gonna win you're gonna make us grow go broke while you get to live in a mansion that we pay for and the people at this point are like hey, 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 hey hmm. that ain't right
2: Mm-mm. A retired ballerina who lived in a mansion paid for by two different dukes and a czar. You know, she is getting the sense that the vibes are off and maybe um, <laughs> she should think about going somewhere else. <laughs>
3: so during World War One, Matilda did fund a hospital for the wounded, which she kept open for actually a number of years with money that she had raised through charity events. But... Still, yeah, she's not working class. So this is a dangerous time for her.
2: Totally. In her memoirs, Matilda writes that in the early months of 1917, every day there was some new horror story in the newspaper that worried her. So like protest buildings being set on fire, police officers being murdered in the streets. So when a friend like calls her up in February and is like, I think some shit is about to go down in St. Petersburg, I you should come stay with me and my family out in the country. She, you know, she's got a young son to look. I mean, I guess he's like 12 at this point or something. And she's like, yeah, maybe me and Bova should hightail it out to the country and stay with y'all until this all blows over. Yeah, so Narrator voice, it did not blow over.
3: No, it did not. <laughs> so <laughs> We are not going to do a deep dive into the Russian Revolution here. Because you could listen to that on our Alexander Fyodorovna episode if you want to revisit that dumpster fire.
2: Or any number of podcasts completely dedicated to the Russian Revolution.
3: Yeah, right. <laughs> but what you really need to know is that the Bolsheviks are a communist political group. And they're pissed and not afraid to spill some blood over it. Specifically, that blue blood. Ooh. They hated basically anyone that had a title, and especially anyone with the name (laughs) Romanov.
2: Right. After she left, the Bolsheviks actually took her house and made it a meeting place. I want to say Vladimir Lenin did, like, a speech to the Bolsheviks, like, a famous speech to the Bolsheviks in her front yard. So she hears that they are just ransacking her house. They're wearing her furs. They're wearing her diamonds. But what really upset her is that they burned all her letters from Nikki, all her pictures with Nikki and all the evidence, basically anything, any physical evidence that existed of their relationship.
3: Shit is getting scurry. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the nobility and anti-revolutionists were like, hey, we should GTFO out of Russia. And Matilda was like, you know what? I've actually always wanted to live
2: in France. Imagine that.
3: (laughs) And you know what? That seems like a good place for us to take a break. Take
2: a break? And we're back, and the year is 1920, and Matilda, her son Vova, her lover Andre, and his mother Marie have been living in exile out of St. Petersburg in this, they moved around kind of a lot as it got worse and worse for the Russian nobility, but now they're like living in this port town in bumfuck nowhere of Russia, basically waiting for a boat waiting to be rescued by either the french or the italians or the english whoever was sending a boat they were just waiting to get on it kind of sad though they they did have chances to leave earlier but andre's mom kept being like no 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 we're gonna be able to go home soon she was in denial about the whole situation
3: (laughs) (laughs) so a lot happened since she left saint petersburg first nicholas abdicated and the monarchy was completely dissolved and sadly at this time her other boo thing sergey ended up dying so this is tragedy 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 and he had told matilda basically hey i'm not leaving saint petersburg i'm not leaving russia you know this is all gonna blow over until it didn't blow over it did not blow over (laughs)
2: On July 18th, 1918, Nicholas and his entire family were assassinated. Oof. Then the following day, Sergei, who had been, I believe, being kept by the Bolsheviks in a labor camp, him, along with four of his Romanov cousins were all assassinated as well like they are just trying to wipe out the entire the entire Romanoff family
3: Romanov with their heads
2: <laughs> Romanov uh... with their heads oh <laughs> <laughs>
3: So the sad thing is it took Sergei's letters months to get to Matilda and Vova who thought that this was his father. Yeah. So they're receiving postcards and letters from him months after his death. I mean, they would have gotten news of the assassination mm-hmm. on the radio, but they weren't convinced because they're still getting postcards and letters from him in the yeah. mail. So I mean, I get it. I get why they would have been you're confused. Like, by you're that. like what
2: do I believe? Like, first of yeah. all, there's just denial that, no, that couldn't have possibly happened. But then also, like, they could be just saying they killed everybody, you know? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, that's sad. So the boat couldn't come soon enough. And when, it, when a boat pulled into the port on February 13th, 1920, so, like, Matilda, her son, Andre, and Andre's mom got on that fucking boat. I think they basically had to pull Andre's mom onto the boat, kicking and screaming, because her oldest son would have been next in line to be czar. So she was like, we got to ah, stay We gotta why. stay here so that my son can... <laughs> They're like, that ship has sailed. Let's get on this other ship so it can sail. Oh, yeah, right? The trip out of Russia was hectic as hell. It's long. They made a whole bunch of stops. I think they stopped in like Constantinople and Italy and all these places. It was crowded. They couldn't bathe. It took like a month to get to France. It was... <sighs> it sounds stressful.
3: Yeah. But after a month of traveling... Finally arrive in France. Bonjour. Yeah, bonjour. <laughs> uh, during World War One, the Tsar had ordered all Romanovs to sell their international personal property. So Andre <laughs> had bought a villa in a French seaside under Matilda's name.
2: Sneaky, sneaky. Which, mm. Really sneaky. Uh,
3: But that's where they ended up living now. But they probably never envisioned it to actually be her primary residence. right? So now she's having to share cramped living quarters with her traumatized teenage son, her lover, her lover's overbearing mother who does not approve of Matilda, but is like, okay, bitch, you want to live in a villa or what? You want to get back on the boat and go home and get killed? You want to get killed?
2: You want to live in the ocean? Then that's what I thought. Shucks That's what up. I
3: thought.
2: <laughs> it's technically my villa, since it's in her name. And they're not married, so if she wanted to kick Andre and his mom out, she legally could, you know? She could have. It was cramped, but it was safe. No one is hunting them down trying to kill them, you know? And there was a huge influx of people moving from Russia to France at this time. Fun fact, the, the phrase or the name of the drink, White Russian, comes... From this time, the um, anti-Bolsheviks, Russians, because they carried a white flag, like the Bolsheviks Uh, were red, the people who were like, hey, let's not kill everybody were the white Russians. So uh uh, Uh So cheers. Cheers? (laughs) (laughs) Question mark?
3: So arriving in France, they were basically penniless, which... Isn't something a grand duke is particularly <laughs> used and equipped to dealing right. with, but there were a lot of other exiled Russians in and around their town, some which had already been there for about two years. So everyone kind of pitched in and helped each other out and built a community.
2: And then a few months later, Andre's mom died. I don't think of anything traumatic or anything, I think she was kind of old, but uh, her name was Marie of mecklenburg Schwerin, and she's really interesting, but we don't have time to go into that. All you need to know is she is now dead, and there's one less person in
3: their cramped villa. But that means that Andre feels like he can marry Matilda without being judged by his mother. Mm-hmm. So not exactly <laughs> the romantic proposal that we're looking for. I love you so
2: much, and mom is dead. Will you marry me? Yeah, right? <laughs>
3: And then the two get married in a Russian Orthodox church called the Church of St. Michael the Archangel in Cannes, France.
2: Yes, this church is beautiful. I will definitely put it up on. I love Russian architecture. I know, that's why I want to visit Russia, but they are so so homophobic. It's so over the top, and it's so ridiculous, and I love it. And this church is beautiful. After this, Matilda got to use the title princess. Like we said, Andre's brother is now officially the head of the Romanov family. He's not living in Russia because he didn't get killed. He didn't want to get killed. So he's like, I don't know, maybe he's in Italy. I can't really remember. He had to give her the permission to use the title princess now. Which seems pretty useless <laughs> at this point. Yeah. But whatever makes you feel fancy, girl. Like, alright. <laughs> and her son was given the last name Romanov because he had never officially got to be called a Romanov before. But now yeah, he has... Don't
3: go to Russia because Romanov with your head. Mm, Romanov
2: um... with your head. That is so good. That is so clever, <laughs> Nathan. <laughs>
3: So, side note, there are all kinds of rumors that Matilda's son was actually Nicholas's or that she had a secret baby um, with (laughs) Nikki that she adopted out, but we're not buying it.
2: We know she had no qualms with calling in favors to the royal family. I feel like if she had had a child with Nicholas, she she would have been loud and proud about that shit.
3: Exactly. So, eventually, money got real tight, so... They sold the villa and moved to Paris, where oh. Matilda opened up a dance studio, which, perfect. Yes, what
2: a good job for her.
3: I know. She had over 100 students, and her school was regarded as a very prestigious place to study ballet.
2: And that was her life. For You know, they did have some financial troubles, because... Coming from their background, they had never taken money, any money management classes. They never knew about it. So they did have financial struggles, but they were together for the rest of their lives. When she was in her 60s, Matilda was invited to go to this charity event in London and do like this charity dance. And it raised lots and lots of money. It was a huge success. Um, She chose to do this Russian style dance that she hadn't done since her time in St. Petersburg. And it raised a lot of great money for charity and she actually chose that specific dance because it was the last time the last thing that she danced on a night when Nicholas came to see her at the ballet before he abdicated so it was the last time he had seen her and so she's like I'm gonna do the dance that was the last thing Nicholas saw me doing so she was to the last minute very very sentimental about their relationship Let's
3: dance the last, the last dance, <laughs> yes so she, she sang last dance and she um, sang last
2: dance different <laughs> grand Prix's.
3: did you say grand Prie Pri- <laughs> it's the like grand a prius, prius. It's,
2: it's a prius it's a plie i don't know <laughs> <laughs>
3: but however matilda did live a very long life and she ended up passing away on december sixth of 1971 so she would have been aged 99,
2: which is something not right. a lot of people, there's a lot of people that lived in Russia and from her time whose lives were cut very short. So, she, considering everything, actually, considering nothing, that's just a long life, period statement to clear. Your sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. So, that is the wildlife of Matilda Shazinska. So, that is
2: such a cool story.
3: Hope you guys enjoyed that
2: nathan mercy for coming on this journey with me
3: durian said you're welcome
2: oh, yeah. all right. that's all that right. french guys.
3: class that paid off <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: mwah, mwah, mwah. catch y'all later bye guys cheers bitches